Welcome to the Entrepreneurs Helping Entrepreneurs podcast, brought to you by Cambridge Entrepreneur Academy. On today's episode, John and Mike discuss what do entrepreneurs do. So Mike, another uh, topic that people have asked us to talk about, which I, I kind of like in this thing, mm-hmm. it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. What do entrepreneurs do? Right. What do they do? So I've thought a little bit about what I did as an entrepreneur when I started the Teddy Bear Company and what I did when I had the company running. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about when you've got a company running, what do entrepreneurs okay. do? Okay. All right? So there, when you're running a company, in my case, I had 600 employees. I had, I had uh, 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 temp- uh, temporary employees. I had uh, home workers. And I had full-time, I had people in my factory. So I had about 300 people that were people that, that I would write a paycheck for all the time. The home workers I'd write paychecks for, but they were at home working. Mm-hmm. And the temporary people, I'd write a check to the temporary people who brought the temporary people in during the holidays of the yep. year. So I was running kind of like a large thing, which I was not completely prepared for. But as I got better and better at doing my job, I learned that these are the most important things um, that you could do when you are an entrepreneur and you're running a successful business. One, good communication. I found that uh, the better I communicated with, with everyone, now that's my stockholders, my board of directors, uh, my management team, it, the company, employees, and the customers, and the community that I lived in, and my uh, family, the better communication I had with all of those things, uh, the better job I did. Right. Uh, so I made it, I, I, I worked specifically on very specific thing with each one of those groups. Like the board, it was, what's the plan for the year? Am I staying on track with the board? This is what we're doing. With the employees, it was, this is where you fit on the financial statement. This is what you guys do. This is the department you're in. So this is kind of where you guys are. Want to get paid more money? Let's work on this particular area. Mm-hmm. So um, good communication was really important uh, um, to me, so I, I worked really hard at it. And interestingly enough, the best good communication advice I ever got was to learn to listen. So when some people would come into my office, they would, um, I always thought I had to solve their problems. Um, and pretty much after about a year of talking too much, pretty much people started saying, we don't want to hear what you have to say. Just we just listen. want you to hear what I have to say. Well, see, that, and, and that's, what you said was interesting too, because we always talk about how entrepreneurs solve problems, and that's that's in our nature to want to fix things. But I, I agree with you with with the communication part because that almost leads into having a really good work life balance. Because if you communicate with all aspects of your, of your life and you let people know what's going on, then it's easier for you to move from you know John the businessman to John the family man to John the little league coach to John. The, the community advocate because everyone knows what to expect from you and you're just letting everyone know what you're doing. But if you try to if you if you're bad at communicating stuff, now people are gonna start saying, Oh, he's he, he never shows up. He doesn't do what he said. He doesn't da 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 da. But when when you're communicating with them and letting them know what's going on and everyone understands and they could, you know, it's, right. it's more flexible. Well also what I mean by good communication is like if my kids talked to me, which they did, and I listened, I would know what they were up to. Right. Um, if uh, a worker talked to me, somebody that worked with me, I, I really didn't need to hear myself talk. Right. You know? And so the good communication part, I would say, mostly what an entrepreneur does is they're good listeners. Mm-hmm. You hear that on Shark Tank all the time, and like people that they did listen to the thing first, and they completely take it in. 
Well, it's funny because even when we when we launched the academy, that's one of the things you you were adamant that I, that I learned to be. You go, Mike, you learn to be a better listener. And I go, but I think I'm a good listener. And then just when I when I when I said that, I go, wait a minute. If you if someone's telling you to become a better listener and you're responding that you're a good listener, right then you're not listening, right? So when you when and this is kind of like. One of the one of the first le first lessons that that you taught me, and I and I even applied it to my marriage. And I go, well, you know what? My wife says I don't listen as much, and John says I need to become a better listener. So I could have fed my ego and go, they don't know what they're talking about, or I could look listen to that as feedback and go, hey, that's something that you need to improve in. Mm -hmm. and, and and that and it's it's funny how that works because once you become a better communicator and a better listener. And like you said, like you, you, now you understand what people want or need from you and you're able to give them that back. And, and to, you seem to them more efficient. Um, you become more efficient for, for yourself and things just kind of move much more smoothly because you're just giving everybody what they want. Right. You know, um, a key place where I needed to listen really well at the Teddy Bear Company was when my chief financial officer would come in and go, we'd go over the financials together. Um, Here's somebody I'm paying a lot of money to, and if I'm not listening to them, right, then I'm being a nut, right, you know, and boy, I listened, right, you know, and learned a lot also. And when the more you listen, the better, the more you learn. Um, also, I think entrepreneurs they have vision, mm -hmm. and again, I, I watched this um, uh, story about Atari the other day on TV about how these people made these games a long time ago. The gamers a long time ago had vision with their games. So they were entrepreneurs. They, they, they were building really like movies in a sense. The guy that ran the company had a vision. Everyone in the place were in the same world and vision. So entrepreneurs really need some kind of a vision. Um, they might be happy with the kind of uh, vision going along in this kind of thing, like I'm going to pass my business over to my kids or something like that. But in some case some kind of vision that um, uh, uh, a lot of times it has a lot to do with improving what's going on. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost like entrepreneurs live in the future. Like, yeah, I, they do. I, like I think, of, I think of us with the academy, and, and right now we're online and we're in high schools and colleges and we do some stuff with, with, with businesses, but I always think back to that data that we get and we see all the different countries that want us. And I don't see us as just one spot. I see us with a presence in Africa. I see us with a presence in the UK and Australia and having physical buildings there and already know how that's gonna work. Mm -hmm. So all the decisions that I make now as a, as a chief marketing officer also based on those future decisions, right? right. So I use that vision to help me today. So like now it's almost like I'm working backwards. It's like because I live in the future, I know what to do today to get to what needs to happen tomorrow. That's perfect, I love that. Again, living in the future, that's good. We got to use that more. Yeah, I know that's good. Um, one of the characteristics about entrepreneurs is um, that they're persistent, um, and by persistent, they actually—that's what you do as an entrepreneur. You're persistent. It's true. Persistent means to me that you, um, no matter how good or bad things are going on, you're kind of staying on a persistent. You're not going crazy. You're not doing something thrown off. You're not doing it. You're staying persistent. People like persistence. Mm -hmm. um, it's a leadership quality. If you're persistent, 
it's a great leadership quality, and, and entrepreneurs are leaders. Yeah, and it, especially when, when things go wrong. It's one of the things you told me a couple of years ago. He said, you said, uh, Mike, you don't do over $100 million in revenue without getting a few enemies. And that hit me because I was like, yeah, no matter how, how well you run your business, all the things that you do, there's always going to be someone, and normally someone that you say no to, um, that, that become people that can slow, can slow you down. When you're persistent in that scenario, you deal with the negative that comes at you because that comes, but you don't even hear it because you're so focused on where you're going, you don't have time to stop to hear the naysayers or the haters, as people call them, or you, know, you don't have time to focus on what's not going right because you, you're in persistent pursuit of your, of your vision. So you kind of keep moving forward no matter what comes at you. Like, you know, I, I like to say if to the entrepreneurs in the academy, I'll know if you're going to be a successful entrepreneur after you get punched in the gut, from an entrepreneurial punch in the gut. Because if one blow is enough to get you to stop, that means you're not persistent. That means you're not, right. you're not an entrepreneur. Right. So we look at, we look at I, I think a princess. Princess, she lost her, her brother um, and her sister-in-law in a car accident while she was building her business. And if you didn't know know that, you wouldn't know. Yeah, know she did not miss a beat. She kept, she grieved, she did, right. you know, th that whole thing. But she kept moving. Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes in entrepreneurship, the non-entrepreneurial stuff, the life stuff, is what stop entrepreneurs. But when, when you're persistent, you just you keep going no matter what. Right, right, right. You know, an interesting thing, um, uh, the, uh, when I advertised on the radio with Teddy Bear, um, I, I would get a lot of letters, not a lot, I'd get a few letters from the um, uh, religious Christians because I was advertising in Howard Stern. And my response was, I would sell my bears to prisoners if they were, you know, they're buying them for their loved ones. Right. Why? I mean, they're teddy bears. I mean, Howard Stern's audience, they're not evil people. They're right. people buying bears for their loved ones. So. Right. I didn't distinguish between, I was persistent that the market, if you're interested in buying my product, I don't care what you're, wherever you come from, you're buying it for love for somebody right. else. That's my well, persistence. Well, and that's funny because, funny you said that, because when you look at, when you look at um, one of the biggest marketing messages that you, that you were always promoting was send love, you know, and, and everyone loves someone, you know what I mean? And that kind of goes back to understanding your market and where to spend your advertising dollars, and that's why... It's, for me, in the academy, that's one of the one of my favorite things to do with the members is helping them get that right. Because right. if you get persistent that, with your message, right, yeah, and, you can and be, the right message. You can be persistent with your employees. In my case, my I um, I always had a rule: first one in, last one out. Mm -hmm. And so all the employees knew that. So if they if they pass by the first month or two when they're in, you have to do a lot to get out. Right. And they, if, you know, basically lie or cheat, pretty much those are the two mm -hmm. biggest mm -hmm. reasons. So you stay persistent in your employee rules. You stay persistent in your, um, you know, how you park your car every morning. Whatever you possibly do, persistence is a big thing. Another thing is, what sometimes goes with persistence is execution. Entrepreneurs execute. They, like you were saying before, you, you think about the future and you execute on how That's to get it. there. Actually, you dream and execute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would put execution and dreaming together. together. I would too. Well, it's funny. It's funny. On a simple level, um, my marketing mind always is always going. 
and you you helped me with this too in the last in the last three years with the academy. You'd be like, Mike, you have all these great ideas. Let's finish it first. So okay, yeah. I, you, you have like ten ideas, but we don't want to jump from idea one, two, three, four. No, 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 no. Let's do let's execute idea one because like, that's what we say is like it's not the idea, um, it's an execution of the idea. So and this is like a entrepreneurial thing too, successful entrepreneurs, they're great at executing their ideas. They come up with really brilliant ideas, but they're great at executing them, seeing them all the way through. Like the TV show, The Profit. That yes. guy would go into a business, find out, and he'd go, this is what's wrong with it. Right. This is what I'm going to fix. I'm executing it. Yes. And he'd look at three of the piece. Yeah, it's just like right on, execution. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you do it long enough, you get good at the execution right. part. Right. Well, that goes back to the, the four-point triangle too, like because you 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 know what's not working because right. you, you you did it you've done it so much that you know which piece you need to fix, and then now you can execute your idea by having either you do it, which is the worst way to do it, or having your team do it, and you being a part of that team because now you get way more done. Like I think of our website and Han, I I, I could say to Han, hey Han, we need X, Y, and Z done. And like it almost seems like twenty two seconds, it's done. Which would take you and I three, three or four weeks to do. Easily, easily, easily. I know, I know, I know. It's not that we wouldn't do it, but she's so, so more efficient at it. Like she actually just posted an article, which it is part of the four point triangle. You can, you cannot execute if you're doing everything by yourself. yourself. You burn yourself there's out. No, there's no way yeah. to do it. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, the, uh, and I was going to talk about the four point triangle. What an entrepreneur does, what an entrepreneur should do, what an entrepreneur really needs to not be afraid of is financials. Right. Because if there's any kind of report card of, what a, of an entrepreneur, what they're doing, it's that right there. So Numbers, <clears throat> numbers don't lie. Yeah, numbers. Jay-Z said that. Oh, did he? <laughs> I'm with that. Um, if you are not afraid of financials, they're not that scary. They're really basic math stuff. And if you work at improving them, um, at the Teddy Bear Company, um, once I got my marketing thing together, <coughs> I was profitable two out of 12 months a year. Mm -hmm. In those two months, I made 50% of my income. Remember you telling me that? But the other 10 months, I was not profitable. And I worked after two years of making 10 out of 12 months profitable. Two months I didn't, I couldn't make profitable. January, um, uh, in March. There was like nothing going on in those two months. Right. After Christmas, after Valentine's. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. It does. <coughs> May was easy because it was Mother's Day. Right. Well, you know what's funny? Because you, you, <laughs> when you helped me with my formula for stinky cakes and I, and, and I realized how much money I was losing, if, 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 because I was one of those guys that would run away from the financials, like, okay, how much, it's just going to magically work and you go, right. Uh, why am I losing money, right? But when I sat down with you and you were like, this percentage should do this, this percentage should be this, this percentage should be go towards this, and this should equal your profit. And I was like, holy crap. I wish I knew this two years ago. Right. But that's what helped me even adjust my prices. Right. Because I, I didn't realize I was losing money from being, being priced wrong. And my prices were off maybe maybe like, you know, $3, $5 in some cases, $10 in some cases. But it wasn't a huge difference, but it was a huge difference. Right. Um, but understanding understanding those numbers, and that's one of the things too um, with entrepreneurs. Like you just gotta be you gotta be willing to to look at yourself and looking at where where you at. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I um, 
I can't underst- underestimate enough that um, no, you don't start out looking at financials. No, no you don't, because that's not. But once you get it clicking a little bit, you got to jump into financials. It becomes a formula, and and the business runs on that formula. Runs on the right. So now you know, and this is a, a part of the triangle. Your financial person. Yep, that's our that's the triangle. Yeah. The four point triangle yeah. formula. Yeah. yeah. Once they once they get that, because now they tell you that once <laughs> once your numbers are right. Your financial person can let you know if you're on track or off track, and and sometimes it's like simple tweaks right. to to get back on track. Um, well, in my case, the, the teddy bear I started selling for because I was trying to be comp- competitive at the beginning, thinking a bear about this size sells for forty bucks. I mean, the good bears, so I'd sell mine for forty, but really it needed to be sold for sixty, right? Because the box is really cool and everything mm-hmm. else about it was really cool. And once I got that price, I was making. You know, my profits were really good. Now, I wouldn't have got there without the financials. Well, and it's funny, though, because even with, with the Vermont Teddy Bear Company, like, I watch a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the stuff that people say about it online, and you, you never really find people complaining about it, which is, like, a, is a rare thing when it comes to, like, a, a, a big company like that. People talk about, um, they talk about the factory tour and how cool it is. They talk about the stories that happen when the person got the beer. And like, it, it becomes like this perpetual marketing cycle just for the company based on you know, your vision, which, which I think is amazing. Um, I, I, I just want to hand back to being trustworthy as a business owner, to, as an entrepreneur too. Like, when, once you're trustworthy, which is to me one of the big five, people, and they, when, people, when people know they could trust you, and, and they could, and and even if even if it's just something as simple as, okay, I ordered a stinky cake on on Monday, and I know it's gonna be there on Friday for the baby shower on Saturday. Like once, even if they could trust you to do what you say you're gonna do, it opens the floodgates to you. So like as an entrepreneur, you always want to be a trustworthy person because there's a sometimes in sales people feel you know sales people are scamming them, but if you on the flip side of that, if if right. you're trustworthy people will always be willing to do more business with you and refer more business for you. So just that's one of the biggest things, too, as an entrepreneur you want. And you have to work at that. Right. You know, you really, you really have to work at it. Like Kevin on uh, Shark Tank, um, I think he's totally trustworthy because if he's going to do something, if he says, I'm into this for this amount, you know he's not changing it. Right. He's, this is it. Take this deal or not. That's it. And move on. And that's, and that's what the simple thing about being trustworthy is. Just do what you say you're gonna do. Right. That's right. it. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, those are some things an entrepreneur does. It does a lot more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I I had a lot of fun. Yeah. This was great. I mean, no. I mean, not only doing the podcast, but as an entrepreneur, I tell you, what I did was I had fun. Yeah. You. I mean. I mean, I had a, I had the coolest office. I had the coolest stuff in my office. There's nothing. Flew not, first class. Nothing better. Stayed than in that. good hotel rooms. And you really get treated like a you really get treated like a rock star, like an a rock star. It's, just, it's, ama- it's an amazing right, feeling. Right, right. I could have whatever parking place I wanted, but I didn't take that, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's pretty much. Uh, yeah. So thanks, thanks again for being with us uh, on the Entrepreneurs Helping Entrepreneurs podcast. Once again, if you want to become a Cambridge Entrepreneur Academy member and work directly with John and I, the website is www.cambridgeentrepreneuracademy.com. You can join our group at www.entrepreneurshelpingentrepreneurs.com. And if you want to learn more about the four-point triangle, just go to www.fourpointtriangle.com. But all this stuff's in the show notes, so you don't have to remember any of that. Just click on the stuff in the show notes. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thank you. That was fun. Yeah. Time to drop the mic. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard on this podcast, go to CambridgeEntrepreneurAcademy.com.